Hello, and welcome back to Building Blue Zones podcast. This is episode 11, The Power of Water. Yep, I am your co-host, Nick Falkowitz. And I am DeMarco Gatti. And today we're going to talk to you guys all about the importance of water. And so uh, let's just dive in, all right? We've got a lot of content to cover, so buckle up, buckaroos. Buckle up. (laughs) Buckle up, buckle up. <laughs> All right. Yeah, get your notepads out. Uh, pause when you need to. Replay when you need to because we're going to run through this. Yep. All right. So we all know that we should be getting plenty of water each day, but you may not know why it's so important. And even if we do know that, we don't know how much water is enough water and when the best time is to drink it. Furthermore, is the type of water that we're getting more harmful than good? So today we're going to be tackling all of these questions and more while providing practical solutions for you to start living healthier today in order to live a longer life. All right, so let's start getting into it. Uh, I think it's good to just go over the importance of water first. So according to Access Health, uh, there's been a a bunch of different things that have led to uh, why water is so important to have every day. I think number one would be that it increases energy and relieves fatigue as well as increased cognition. So since your brain is mostly water drinking, it helps you think, focus, and concentrate better and be more alert. As an added bonus, your energy levels are also boosted. So that's super important. Number two, promoting weight loss. So it removes byproducts of fat, which is really interesting also reduces eating intake. So when you're filling up your tummy (laughs) uh, with water, then that means that's less room for for calories and for food. So it reduces hunger as well. Oh, hello, natural appetite suppressant. That's right. right. Yep, yep, that is right. So if you're trying to lose weight, maybe drink a little bit more water. Try to drink water before you even eat your meal. Mm. Because you're going to get fuller quicker. Uh, Next would be that it flushes out toxins. So it gets rid of waste through sweat and urination, which reduces the risk of kidney stones and UTIs. All right. Next would be that it improves skin complexion. So it moisturizes your skin, keeping it fresh, soft, glowing, and smooth. Gets rid of wrinkles. This is something we will talk about more uh, in in the next coming episode. Uh, with dermatology. Number five, uh, it maintains regularity in the body. So it aids in digestion as water is essential to digest your food and prevents constipation. It also helps regulate body temperature and helps fight off illnesses. All right. So what kind of water should we be drinking every day? DeMarco? Well, before we do that, let's, uh, let's talk about, um, where our water supplies from mm. and how much water there is available. Okay. So water covers about 71% of the earth's surface, right? So 3% of the earth's water is actually fresh water, but two and a half percent of the earth's fresh water is unavailable, whether it's locked up in glaciers, polar ice caps, atmosphere, or the soil, or it's highly polluted or lies uh, too far in the earth's surface to be extracted at an affordable cost. So that means 0.5% of the earth's water is available, fresh water, which still could be contaminated. Mm-hmm. In actuality, that amounts to about 2.2 million gallons for each person on earth. Um, 
which obviously, you know, that's not just drinking water. You're using a lot of that water for, you know, um, various tasks within the household, like showering, showering uh, washing your clothes, dishwasher, um, washing dis- dishes, watering the grass, all those things. That's municipal drinking water. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're wasting a lot of that there. But it also gets cycled, but not it's not a completely closed loop. So the supply is continually collected, purified, and distributed in a natural hydraulic system. Um, we So we generally think of drinking water as infinite in this country. Some other countries can directly see the scarcity of the very limited access to drinking water. We some Sometimes we do see droughts in this country and in certain states where we can directly see that and, you know, premiums for water costs go up, skyrocket, and, you know, the jurisdictions say don't water your grass and all of those things. And that is because water is, is limited. We, we may not think it is so, but it is. And we've, we have infrastructure in this country to provide uh, water when we need it by damming up lakes and rivers. And that allows us to kind of maintain a constant flow of water. But yeah, other other countries don't have that. Right, way. we're we're extremely privileged, and so we should uh, manage manage that well. Like we should be good stewards of that, not waste water. We should be very thankful and grateful right. um, for the opportunity that we have to have, like you know, almost unlimited water at our disposal in the U.S. Right, and uh, being a good stu- steward is also not contaminating that limited water we have, which is what we do. Um, Mm -hmm. Another, you know, another issue is the highly toxic water in developing countries where they have a lack of infrastructure and treatment. We we have the privilege of being able to treat that water with infrastructure. So water is polluted by industry, farming, municipal water systems, and packaging. Most of our water um, has unnatural chemicals and toxins. A few are lead. Um, Lead is a toxic metal that can cause damage to health even at low doses any level of lead can lower the iq of children by damaging the brain and nervous system but obviously the higher levels you're going to get the higher rates of uh symptoms and uh chronic disorders chlorine ingesting chlorine with your tap water can have a number of adverse effects though not alone Uh, chlorine was described to be non-toxic but it has side effects by combining with other chemicals um, chlorine tends to form trihalomethanes, uh, tri- THMs. An example of this would be um, pregnancies resulting in birth defects. And an example of the creation of THMs is they combine, when this chlorine combines with organic compounds such mm-hmm. as raw sewage and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that's when those compounds are created. Um, mercury, we all know from fifth grade science why mercury is bad, but um, you know, they used to have, they used to do science experiments where they hold it in their hand and all these teachers and all these students were getting cancer from that. So they stopped that uh, back in, you know, who knows, I think it was like the 50s or something like that. But the in when you, mercury often gets um, discharged from refineries, factories, land runoff, cropland, um, often like uh, mines and stuff like that. Um, and mercury has can cause kidney damage and neurological issues and cancer. Mm. Arsenic, um, arsenic is an inorganic um, and organic compound, but the inorganic arsenic is confirmed uh, is a confirmed carcinogenic. 
um, and is often most significant chemical contaminant in drinking water globally. It's not as prevalent in the United States, but it's still, it still is from, from those industries. Arsenic can also occur in organic form, um, but in, inorganic arsenic compounds such as uh, these are found in highly or found in highly toxic levels, which you very you need a very small amount for them to be toxic. Mm -hmm. uh, and we'll talk about these levels a little bit later and how you can find them. Uh, the immediate symptoms of arsenic is acute arsenic poisoning, which includes vomiting, abdominal pain, diarrhea. These are followed by numbness, tingling of the extremities, muscle cramping, and death in extreme cases. Pharmaceuticals, those are various chemicals produced by the pharmaceutical companies, and those effects vary with what compounds are in the water system. Pesticides, pesticides travel through sewers that run off from drains within the home, carrying all the wastewater to treatment plants, and they remain untreated through the detoxifying process. These, um, these are hundreds of compounds. Uh, few tests and studies show how the contaminants may impact our health, but mm -hmm. we even, them even herbicides too, right? Yeah. Herbicides can be bad as well. Right. Um, so BPA, the, this is kind of the hot button. A lot of people talk, mm -hmm. know, maybe know what BPA is, but, um, it's probably the most prevalent because so many people have started using plastic water bottles in the last, you know, 20, 30, 50 years. Yeah. Um, so BPA and other plastic toxins can make their way into the bloodstream, which can cause a host of problems, including various cancers, as well as liver and kidney damage. These are generally from plastic water bottles. One of the many problems with BPA is that it acts as a pseudoestrogen. And when consumed in water can, through leaching plastics, it can cause a variety of chromosomal abnormalities that have been tied to birth defects, development disabilities in children. Um, exposure to estrogen and BPA can also cause the decreased fertility in both men and women. Uh, and when children are exposed to BPA while in the womb, it can lead to complications later in life, such as hyperactivity disorder, early onset puberty, and an increased risk of certain cancers. According to a meta-analysis study done by PubMed on prenatal exposure to BPA and hyperactivity in children, immediately immediate action should be taken to reduce exposure in pregnant women, infants, and children. But even you, you see these products once these all these facts came out about BPA-free water, well, those also have um, some some radicals from the plastics um, yeah. that are still used that are also extremely dangerous and highly toxic to humans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. back up just a second there, cowboy. Yes, yes. What, what you want. So you're saying that BPA can have the potential to lead to ADHD? Uh, that was what uh, a meta-analysis found. A couple studies. <sighs> Don't you that. have... I do. I do have ADHD. Uh, Thanks a lot, mom. All right. <laughs> wow. I, I did have, I was diagnosed with ADHD as a six-year-old. So I guess my mom also did that. Yeah. Maybe. 100%. There's no, a, there's no there's maybe. There's a possibility. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Serious. So oh, these boy. Are, these are some serious side effects that. Um, yeah. You see how we've turned out. Yeah. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. So. Pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, look at this. We're getting off topic right now. Yep. But no, I mean, yeah, exactly. 
seriously, like these these side effects, while they may be minor in sort, you know, the the we keep seeing more and more of them. Um, mm-hmm. And as the toxic level rises, you're gonna get more impactful uh, developmental issues. So something something that we need to be very aware of. And we can just we can avoid it right away. Yeah, yeah, we can avoid it. And the moral of the story is don't drink from plastic water bottles. Bottled water is also typically sourced from city tap water. So there's nothing really, a lot of the time, some water, some plastic water bottles are sourced from like mountain streams or, Mm -hmm. you know, some some, uh, underground aquifer. But most of the time it's from city tap water. And most city tap water has extremely high levels of contaminants, some that were previously mentioned and even more that weren't. The Safe Drinking Water Act is undeniably outdated, as not a single contaminant has been added to its list of regulated chemicals since the year 2000. Standards for judging whether or not a chemical is harmful at certain levels have not been updated since 1974. You can find your consumer confidence report on your local drinking water municipality's website. So that's where they basically track all of these goals and standards for their uh, maximum levels of contaminant. Mm. And you can see each year what the report was. Now, that's not, you know, probably the best thing to do because, you know, the way they're sampling, we know how data analysis, you can sample the wrong samples or you can get the wrong conclusion from samples. The best thing you can do probably is to look at the downstream, which we'll talk about a bit later, but uh, that would be at your tap. Um, so the downstream downstream from your water treatment plant, also what can happen is water is conveyed through these aged pipes. I think the average pipes in America is like 60 years old, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, this could lead to further water contamination uh, especially like with heavy metals filtering. So this is uh, from Amy Myers is a quote medical doctor. Uh, she's an Austin based physician specializing in functional medicine. She says filtering your tap water is the first step to protecting your family from toxins on a daily basis, whether it's for drinking, showering or cooking. Uh, government regulations focus on protecting us from big health risks like waterborne bacterial diseases. The long-term health effects of chronic exposure to trace elements of contaminants in our drinking water are something we all need to take personal responsibility for. So the safest way to ensure that these toxins do not make it into your body is to have your water tested at the tap, like I said, which you can do with your local municipality or a third-party testing facility. Um, I don't know exactly how much that costs, but um, I'm pretty sure it's not unreasonable, especially when it comes to your health. Uh, And you would do this to determine which contaminants your water, uh, your tap water may contain. Once you have identified your contaminants present, you can select a water filtration solution that works best for you. Mm. Yeah. And I think that's something that we, we didn't get our water tested right away, but uh, we did get like a practical solution. Yeah. It's like a simple fix here by just getting like a a water filter to put under the sink for our tap water. Yeah, there's multiple types of water filtration systems. I um, would say that you should do your own research and kind of find what you need per what type of chemicals are in your water because there's various types of treatment. And while one filter may be great for some water, um, it may filter out 
it may not filter out the highest contaminants that you have in your water. So it's, it's really specifically on the source of your water, how you need to select your treatment. Right. Um, so that is definitely something to look into and I will plug in the show notes where you can find that information yeah. or email us yeah. about that. But yep, that's so now how much water is enough water, Nick? Uh, well, uh, you should really just be getting like roughly one ounce of water per pound that you weigh. So like simple mathematic here is just like if you're 150 pounds, you should be getting or shooting for 150 ounces of water a day. Now, most people do not do that. Most people don't get anywhere near close to that. So right. even if you can put cut that in half, that'll be better than nothing. So if you're getting, if you're 150 pounds, you're getting 75 ounces of water. That's, that's still better than like, if you're just drinking five Cokes a day and uh, not having any water. But if you have a sweetie, you can, you can cancel it by having a Diet Coke. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> um, and I think this goes back to the whole reason uh, why we formed the Building Blue Zones podcast as well. Like people in the Blue Zones are getting plenty of water each day. They're not they're not drinking sugar sweetened beverages or they're not drinking natural diuretics like a ton of caffeine. Usually having like espresso or something. I know in, yeah. in Italy and in some other places they they have extremely strong coffee and it's very small now. Very small. Yeah. And that's all they have really. Um, for the day like they're not drinking 450 milligrams of caffeine a day like uh, a lot of us are here in America and we just don't even realize it. Yeah. So I know I've fallen victim to that before, um, where I've had, you know, upwards of 400 milligrams caffeine a day. And that's definitely not how you want to start it off. Yeah. That's not how you want to start your day off. I challenge everyone to try to not drink caffeine for like a week and just see how hooked on it you are. <laughs> I've tried it. It's hard because I have a headache. Yeah. If I don't yeah. uh, have it. It's like it a sucks. real... N- like chemical addiction. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, just something to be attentive of and make sure that you can, the longer you go without mm-hmm. having those stoppages and uh, breaks, the harder it's going to be to break that habit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And then getting into when you should be drinking water each day. So uh, some studies from the New England Journal of Health show that uh, starting off the day with at least 16 ounces, but up to 32 ounces of water in the morning can give you more energy and concentration throughout the day, as opposed to just drinking caffeine in the morning with or without water. So, you know, I, I actually try to drink 40 ounces before I even get to work every morning. And then I try to avoid caffeine for the first few hours and see how I feel. And if I'm starting to get fatigued at like 11 a.m., then I'll then I start having caffeine rather than starting your caffeine fix at 7 a.m. on your morning commute. Right. Think about the difference that it causes because caffeine's a natural diuretic. It'll cause you to get de- more dehydrated. Yeah, you're than in you the already hole. Were. You're in the hole yeah, for you, your water consumption. Yeah, you already were. Like, cause yeah. you get dehydrated if you sleep for eight hours. Doesn't matter. You you always get dehydrated over over the the night. So right, your regular cell functioning and stuff like that is right. Yeah, so you it's it's really important to probably drink water the first thing in the day, um, and while you should be drinking a consistent amount of water throughout the day, you should avoid drinking too much water right before bed. So I didn't even know this until we did some more research on this. According to Healthline, uh, drinking water before bed has a number of benefits 
but drinking too close to bedtime can interrupt your sleep cycle and negatively impact your heart health. So you must drink enough water throughout the day to avoid dehydration and prevent excess water intake at night. And so I would say like a good rule of thumb is like try to cut off your water consumption like an hour to a half hour before bed, maybe um, go to the bathroom right before you go to bed. So that way you're not uh, interrupted during your sleep cycle. Awesome. You know, so uh, yeah, I, I think we can just get into the recap really quickly. I mean, it's a pretty concise episode. So yeah, let's get into the recap. So, yep. so for number one, uh, don't drink plastic water bottles. I think we've talked about this like six times now. Uh, but I mean, it's, we're just going to keep hammering. No one gets it. No one's getting it. I keep seeing, you know, the world listens to our podcast, but I keep seeing people drink out of plastic water bottles. Like what is going on? (laughs) Uh, so the second thing would be get your water tested or at least look at your, um, consumer report Mm -hmm. from your local municipality and find out what filter, what home filter works the best for you. There's plenty of filters out there. A lot of them are pretty cost effective, especially if you are buying water bottles, packs of water bottles. You just, you know, you could save money on that and go ahead and get yourself a nice filter. Yep. Um, I, I think probably the the under the sink filters um, that are a little bit bigger and have more compartments and can do multi-stage treatment is probably the best way to go instead of like the, you know, the the Brita's where you can just fill it up and it's kind of a smaller unit of treatment. You're going to get more out of the, obviously the more treatment, uh, sections it goes through. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I like the reverse osmosis units. I think those are probably the best. Uh, they are a little bit more expensive, but I'll let you guys decide on what you choose. Um, but consider adding minerals back to your filtered water after you, so after you filter, um, a lot of the times the filter you have is probably going to take some of those minerals out of the tap water and your municipality also in their treatment, they probably have some reduced the amount of minerals you're going to be able to get from that water. So adding them back is always good, not necessarily absolutely necessary, but it's just um, like putting in like some clay from outside. Yeah. Back into your yeah. Water. Just like a nice handful of rocks. Yeah. Probably do the trick. <laughs> no, you can buy supplements, uh, like packets of mineral. Um, I'm sure on Amazon and stuff like that, but yep. yeah, just look it up, look yep. it up on Google. You'll find, you'll figure it out. Yeah. You can add that stuff directly back. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you could also get that obviously in your diet, but I think yeah. Getting in your water is also beneficial. Yeah, so. exactly. Nick, if you want to go from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it's really important, uh, really, with any health-oriented tips that you guys are going to follow, just have awareness around it. So have awareness of, of where you're getting your water throughout the day. Is it through a filtered system? Is it just tap water at your work? Um, is it tap water at your home if you're working from home? Or do you have a filtration system? Or is it bottled water if you're if you're in a manual labor position, have the awareness of where you're getting your water. If you're, if you have to choose bottled water, I would recommend going with like an aquifer, right? Like an aquifer filtered water. So that would right. be like Fiji, the more expensive yeah. waters. And at and least do the BPA, BPA free. free. Yeah. Right. At least do those. That's worst case. Scenario. So, you know, you have, you, you have those lesser chemicals yeah. and then glass. There's some glass water bottles out there or, yep. or cardboard. Yep. Um, just water now. Yeah. It's more um, expensive, but overall it's better for your overall health 
and will help increase your longevity. So, well, you know, it's least expensive if you just buy one big water bottle. And yeah, just that's true. <laughs> that, I mean, yeah, that's that's completely true. Yeah, uh, I think you should be drinking at least 0.5 ounces per pound of body weight at the very minimum and, and then up to uh, one ounce per pound of body weight. That's pretty straightforward. And then starting your day off right with at least 16 ounces of water before consuming or drinking anything else is going to be crucial um, to increase your energy levels and decrease your fatigue and also get your brain firing in all cylinders right off the bat every day. Yeah. Some of those electrolytes in mm -hmm. there too. Mm -hmm. Keep the absorption rate. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, like I said, again, if you need to repeat this over, I know we went through it quickly. You can do so. Um, also refer to the show notes for some more information um, and for some other podcast, Heal Thyself. Uh, it was a great podcast where he has two water episodes uh, that goes into far more depth than we did here. But mm -hmm. if you are really interested, uh, you can go there and, and, and see that yep. information. Yep. But I think that's it from us. Thank you all yep. and have a great day and drink water. That's right.